are back again with another Three Dudes, One Podcast. One Blog Podcast. There you go. I always remember what it is immediately after saying the title. But, this episode is for the week of September 7th. Yay! Yay! We've recorded like three weeks in a row. Are you proud of us? I'm so proud. good. I'm proud. You should be proud of us. We're proud, proud of the user base. Got my brew. <laughs> Got my bros. High life. Let's talk about <laughs> some games. Let's talk about some... Some tech. Some tech. Because I won last week and I get to go first and Apple's announcement was today. So, we're going to be talking about a little bit of tech. The big thing that I was looking out for for today's announcement was the announcement of the Surface competitor that we all knew was coming because it was going to be the iPad Pro. And just yesterday I had heard the rumors about how they were looking to add some sort of iPad keyboard attachment, right? Mm -hmm. So, just to recap in case anyone didn't watch the live stream and in case you all live under a rock. I didn't watch the live stream. I only watched some of it because I had a meeting. There's a new iPhone. Not a whole lot different about it. There's a new camera that looks nice. It does 4K. Force touch, which is that whole, like, long press, but not just a long pressed thing. Well, it's not a long press, it's a hard press. It's yeah, exactly. Press. That's why it's like, it's not... The screen quite... actually moves in, and it senses that you're, weird. like, pressing down on it. The iPad Pro got announced. It's $800, not including the Apple Pencil, a.k.a. a stylus that's exactly like Dude, every other stylus. Dude, but it's a metal pencil. It's a metal pencil. It's so great. I agree, it's stupid. And also doesn't include the hundred and six seventy freaking dollar keyboard little smart cover thing. Yeah, like you gonna charge a hundred and seventy dollars for a keyboard? For a, it, just a keyboard cover, like the cover without. But the it's keyboard a cover and, and a keyboard. keyboard. That's like two mm. things in one. Apple TV and TVOS got announced. I honestly don't care. I have a Kinect and an Xbox. I'm never gonna use that. Watch OS 2 is recapped, new colors for the bands, and just the usual hardware refresh. There's also, you can get the rose gold and the Oh yeah, Apple new colors for the watches, yeah. Come on! Now, Who doesn't want to spend opinion, five grand on a sport watch? The creepiest thing out of today's announcement is that live photos stuff. I find it super creepy. It's just GIFs! No, they have sound. It's a vine. It's a vine, yeah. It's either a vine <laughs> or a Snapchat. So, okay, so now there's a setting on the camera, right? So you right. take a photo. Let's just say I'm sitting here right now taking a photo. Those three seconds right there between, like, I took a photo as you started drinking right. and you stopped drinking. If you load up the image in the, in the photos browser, you animate for a second. And if you're looking at the photo, you can press down force press or whatever. I don't know what the hell it's called. You do the depress thing, right? And then mm-hmm. it plays it. So it captures, they're essentially doing Harry Potter on iOS. It captures seconds before and seconds after you actually press the button. Which, so it is constantly taking memory if you have the camera open. It is constantly constant. keeping a small amount of memory of what it's doing. Right. And then when you actually press the button, it's, it's really like taking a, taking a, one a second snapshot after one second of clip. what had happened plus what is happening... Plus what you do. Right. So it becomes like a three second animation. But like it stops at like what you actually press yeah. the button. Yeah. So if you just look at that, I would just show like a picture of you holding up your beer. If I like pressed it down though, I would see you like doing the whole like lifting the beer to your mouth and drinking it. 
or whatever. So, like, as I described as earlier, a, as a, this is the Snapchat and or Vine I never knew I didn't need. But it's so, it was just really kind of creepy to me that it's like, if you, it's it's like it's always watching you for three seconds of time, right? So, so I don't know. Kind of yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily creepy. I think it's kind of cool. And like, I think it's, cool I mean, I see never the purpose, it. the potential of it. I mean, it has cool ideas. But, uh, the main complaint that a lot of people were making that I saw about it that wasn't, uh, yeah. crazy, crazy people, like, about spying and stuff like that was, this is going to take up even more memory on an already potentially memory-limited phone, well, and... Well, also considering the fact that the iPhones still go down all the way to, what, 16 gigabytes? 16, 16, 32, 64 is still what they're sticking with, so a lot of people were saying... They're not even doing that they're hoping it's going to be 32, 64, 128, mm-hmm. which isn't... Doesn't seem like Apple is going to ever do or wants to do. Um, and so, like, all the tweets that I saw were, like, the people that the experts know that filled up phones were all the people that take lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, that is how you fill up the phone the fastest. If you're a person who takes a lot of pictures, which is, like, one of the main, like, things that they were pushing, it seems, is, like, this camera is so amazing. You're going to be able to take so, so many pictures, so many awesome pictures. And just enough go, to fill up 16 gigabytes in 10 days. And then Why that, would you fill up your 16 gigabytes? You just upload it to your iCloud. Yeah, and then... Oh my God, I, I'm so... Which they did reduce the price of iCloud. They did, but it's still so, $12 a year for 50 gigabytes. And that 50 gigabytes also houses your backups. It also houses your apps. It houses your saves. There's iCloud does more than just photos, which I think people possibly Do you really need well. to back up Clash of Clans? No, yeah. but iCloud does it. Can't, you can tell it, though. You can oh, go you into can, settings you and restrict okay. things what you, you don't want you to can, You can tell it not to back up certain things. You're not wrong. But I don't want to use iCloud just for photos. I also use iCloud for things like... Wait, does iCloud use... Is, is well, iCloud I would use iCloud... I, I would use iCloud mm-hmm. personally if I was going to use that for... Contacts, songs, and pictures, and that's it. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm nothing saying, else is, necess- like, is necessary. I'm just saying, for people who will get the 64 gigabit phone, if they're going to fill that up as well, you're essentially only going to have, if you pay for the 50 gig plan, 66 gigabytes of memory. Really, for 64 gigabytes of memory, because 2 gigs of that 16 gigabyte iPhone is going to be OS. Oh, more than that. Yeah, probably, probably more than that. So that's what I think people are probably most angry about, is that they feel like that's still enough when it's not, and you don't have expandable storage. But that's neither that's neither here nor there. Thing The thing that I really wanted to focus on and talk about was the iPad Pro, because I was honestly a little excited about it, because I've been in this weird place with phone land and with tablet land, where on one hand, I wanted to get... Uh, I still want to get because this because the iPad Pro failed the Surface Pro right that was what I've been like waiting on forever and I'm so beyond annoyed that Microsoft showed up at Apple's keynote like yo look at these great tablet things we've developed I'm like yeah where's the tablet it's meant for like oh okay anyway all that stuff is on the current Surface nothing they showed there was was new that's what's so yeah that's uh, that was also annoying it was new for Apple because they had a stylus like they're like look you can write on your Word document with the pencil and like you can draw it up 
an arrow and it makes an yeah. arrow. You can cross out words and like highlight and it's so cool. Woo! <laughs> okay, so okay. Let's be real though. Worst part about Apple's conference yep. was that Adobe demo. Did you guys see the Adobe demo live? I did. I oh, I, I did didn't not, watch any of it. I did not get to hear that bit live because that okay. was in the middle of something. It was like. They put up a picture of a girl, and it was like just a girl with a straight face, and then they slightly altered her face, yeah. and made her smile with Photoshop, right? Yeah. And so now everybody's like raging because, like, you got to make a girl smile. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, basically, it was it was so funny. Like Adobe's like, look, okay, we made an app specifically designed to, to make you fix prettier. your imperfections. <laughs> um, what they made new Photoshop. No, it's an app that's just, like, it's just for facial recognition and fixing your face. That's all it does. Because Photoshop is already a thing. Anyway. Like, on the, on the device. Yeah. Anyway. I, I don't want to necessarily sit here and hate on Apple the whole day today, because, to be fair, there was a hardware refresh on the phones. Long pr- if you look at it from the perspective of someone who has these devices and likes using these devices... All of the things today are technically, quote-unquote, revolutionary for them. Mm, Nothing is revolutionary for the iPhone right now. Well, the whole long press bit isn't necessarily revolutionary, but I can tell you right now that would be very nice to not have to open maps every time I I get one of those links. Or I copy and paste things places, or I look at somewhere else with that that same information. There's a lot of times that I'm sharing those between my family or or people that I might be driving to meet, like go to this restaurant kind of a thing. And every time they send them to me, I have to open it up in Maps. I have to choose which map application it's going to give me. That's what's for series for, bro. Well, yeah, but I also don't like talking to my phone. So what is the Force Press going to fix for you in Maps? There's three things that Force Press does. One, long press on applications for quick actions, right? So you press on messages and it'll be like reply to a favorite or, you know, stuff like that. Okay. And that's just on the app icon. Once you're in the app, for instance, if someone sends you a pin... You can tap on the pin, and that pulls up a little bit of info. If you push a little harder on the pin, it pulls up a window displaying it on a map, like it's a little pop-out window for maps. All the way in, it just opens maps for you. To that point, and then it just, like, directions, and you're going. It's, it's, all it really is is a shortcut from point A to point B on the device. It doesn't really give you any extra functionality. (coughs) Excuse me. It's just... Getting you there easier and quicker, which has always been what Apple is quote-unquote all about. So I'm Is it really surprised. easier when you can do the same thing with every other phone operating <laughs> system already without a forced touch screen? No. I, no see, this is, that's why I say from the perspective of someone inside the ecosystem who, does not, who doesn't care about the outside. From the perspective of the industry, nothing unveiled today was new. Nothing. Stylus has been around forever. That stylus does nothing new, and there are styluses ex- exactly like it. The keyboard thing, oh, everything about the iPad Pro, I don't even have to keep going. Everything the iPad Pro was surfaced three years ago. The phone with long press is just, it, I mean, it might be forced touch so you depress, but it's still a long press on an icon that's A, already been around on iOS, and B, has existed on Android forever. The whole photos thing, well, now we have live photos. We have live wallpapers in Android forever. Yeah, now you can make vines. There's plenty of apps for that. I don't see why they felt the need to make that a stock thing on photos. Like, there was nothing announced today that was necessarily killer. 
or necessarily like huge, but there were plenty of things announced today that were nice. I, I think would say the biggest thing that was announced today, yeah, um, or in my opinion, what was the most important announcement, yeah, which you haven't talked about at all. Oh, okay. Sorry. Was I don't really have a plan for this apparently, but I'm just kind of like going. was the content plan for the Apple TV. So the Apple TV oh, I didn't get to, does I didn't get to what everybody wants, all TVs and all, like, media devices to do. Oh, I think you, you might like, have already said that your Xbox One does this, and oh, I'm not like, certain if Google Play or if the Google Android TV does this yet, um, but you can say, I want to watch, like, this show. You can say, like, I want to watch the episode of Modern Family with Edward Norton on it. And it will take you to all the places that you can watch that. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to search your Netflix app and then go search it on Amazon and go do this or that, it does it automatically in the device. It knows what you're subscribed to and whatever, whatever, whatever. The Xbox's search isn't necessarily that contextually aware. Meaning if I search for, like, because basically the way it works is you just open the Bing app on Xbox. Right. And let's say I search for Modern Family. I can't... I don't know... I haven't tried, I should say, if I can do Modern Family with Edward Norton. But I can at least do Modern Family. And what it does is... it So it brings up Modern Family. You say, okay, show me this TV show. And then on the right, it gives you ways to watch. Okay. And it searches your installed apps as well as apps you don't have installed and says, you know, okay, for instance, Amazon Instant Video and Netflix might show up, but it'll say pending subscription because it doesn't know if uh-huh. you have it. But it'll tell you this is streamable right here, streamable right here. Or if you, let's say I look up Captain America Winter Soldier, right? It'll tell me you can either download it for, it's like free through Instant Video, you can rent it on us, you can do, right, you know, it'll right. give you all those options. So it's, it's not as powerful, which I agree was probably the best part of it, was that it seemed very much so just like how Siri would look for it on the internet in terms of, like you saying, play this, you know, find me this movie with this dude in it at this specific moment. You know what I mean? And it actually, mm-hmm. like, here it is. And you can kind of keep filtering it and stuff like that. So that was super cool. But, like, you know, like I said, I'm like, I've already got something controlling my TV. I can't, there's no, I don't have a second TV. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I think Apple's T the, the Apple TV is the most interesting thing they announced. Oh, for Not sure. that I think that it's a good device. Mm-hmm. Because but, if I was going to get something like that, I would... Like, I don't know if I really trust that Siri is going to be as good as their stage demo. Because, like, Apple talks about how great Siri is all the time. All the time. And Nicole and I will often have phone assistant battles where we'll ask our phones the same thing at the same time. And Siri will say, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Do you want me to Google it? And mine will, like, pull open up the app with, like, a specific, like, open a video in YouTube. And, like, oh, well, what, is, what was that? So yeah. I like no, I agree. I don't know if Siri is going to be really cool in specific cases, but like in general, on Apple TV will be what it's like on iPhone, which is ninety yeah. percent of the time in our experience, it will send you to a Google search, which is pretty much what it usually does. I think the difference for it is probably the data set. You know, when you have a phone and just straight up a browser, you can ask it anything, right? And it should be looking for Mm -hmm. it. Whereas if you're on the TV, you know, you're pretty much going to be giving it commands of things that it has access to. Right, TV. Yeah, so like... movies or whatever. Exactly. And you would think more than... Like, very similar to how Google's going to start working with the whole uh, 
on tap thing, right? So we're like, mm-hmm. if you're on anywhere, you just tap it, and Google now is like, let me give you info about what's going on right now. Right. You would think, particularly since you have to initiate it with a re- remote click, that there would be like, okay, we're browsing movies right now. They're going to ask about movies. Maybe I should focus on that kind of a thing. Right. Well, you, know? you can ask about movies, TV shows, or games. <laughs> yeah, no, or for music. sure. It's, it's like, it's all that stuff, but it, it like also the, the remote is basically a Wiimote. Which is pretty so cool. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I, I think it'll help to bring... People have been saying for a while now, and I read an article about this for a second, about how they were so disappointed the app... Well, they weren't disappointed, but they were like, the Apple TV is not the gaming console that everyone was expecting and no one is surprised. Kind of a thing. Because a lot of people have been saying that like as these as the mobile game scene has been bubbling and bubbling and, bra- and like growing and growing... That at some point it's going, you're not going to need that console. You're not going to need that PC. All the great games are going to be on your device. And it's like, okay, there uh-huh. are some good games. Don't get us wrong. But the Apple TV is not the way to go about saying this is like the holy grail, right? This is basically Steam big picture but iOS style. But it's not. Right. You know, yeah, like they, I mean, it's, it's all going to be the same anyway. It's, uh, yeah, the Apple TV was like, while it's the most interesting thing... I think the Apple TV is, like, very... Because this was, like, their big deal of, Today. like, we're doing TV. Like, we we done it. We did the TV thing. And that should be, like, a big deal. And they also did the Surface Pro, or the, the iPad, iPad Pro, Pro, which is like <laughs> a big deal. But, like, yeah. everybody knows the iPad Pro. Like, they even treated the iPad Pro, iPad Pro themselves. Like, okay, we know this is out there, but, like, now you can do it on iPad. It's cool. It's great. Yeah. We're going to talk our Apple talk. We're going to release a stylus that costs $100 and has a battery. What the fuck? Um, Every so many questions about all of this. But the TV... The TV thing is, like, so lukewarm. And it has, like, the most potential out of everything because... I agree. I mean, they haven't touched at all about the content providers and potential, potential live content. I guess I should say. Supposedly, they're still in negotiations with a lot of the... Yeah, companies about that stuff, but I mean, potentially, if they come out in six months from now and say, "Okay, we've negotiated all these contracts, and we're going to be able to sell like live TV rights for right, right, X, Y, and reduce reduce price compared to traditional cable or whatever, all even a la carte." Mm-hmm. Potentially, I mean, we have no idea what that's going to end up being. I think, but I definitely think the TV. Apple TV has the most potential and was, well, it, I I don't don't know if it was necessarily the biggest announcement today. I think it was the, it has it will be the biggest thing to come out of this out of everything else. As a as a user and as a developer though, um, Watch OS two is actually very 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 exciting because of the freedom it gives you to not have to be paired with the phone all the time now. Because, you like, everything they showed on, on stage today, I believe the whole point of it was that you don't actually need the phone for any of this. Like, these are now native apps. These are now native experiences on the rest. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of windows that get open for a lot of different ideas around that. So, it is that... I'm going to be watching that, that scene because smartwatches are still something that's kind of finding their niche and finding their actual point. 97% approval rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? For the for the ten million that bought it. Oh, I was gonna say. I wonder, like, if the <laughs> Apple Watch is gonna be able to, like, with this new OS two, whatever, is gonna be able to solve this chicken and egg thing that every that Android Wear has had of 
You can't do anything without your phone, you know. Well, no, Android Wear has... You can do stuff without your phone always. Okay. But the issue of, like, to get people, you need great apps. And to get great apps, you need people. Yeah, yeah. And right now, this is, like, the first device that Apple has sold that developers might look at and say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should support this. Uh Because what, you know, what if, what if, whatever. To be, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. It's it's always, that that really has been Android's problem for. Well, really, it's definitely Microsoft's problem. I mean, that's why their business pretty much failed. Yeah, I don't think Android has a problem with apps <coughs> on, on the phone level. I mean, Android is the most used operating system in the world for phones. Yeah. But uh, like, as far as Android Wear goes, like, there's no killer mm-hmm. app for Android Wear. <coughs> You're right. Yeah. Like, I would. Once somebody releases a decently priced Android Wear watch that, like, looks good, I will jump on it immediately because yeah. I want to, like, I want to get, like, a fitness tracker that isn't... Did you see... Was it the GS2? Was that what it was called? The Samsung? Yeah, I think that's... No, it's garbage. Oh, is it? Okay. Looks good. Like <laughs> I, I hadn't looked at it. There were, like, five new Android like, complete Wear garbage. devices I didn't get a chance to look at. All right. Anyway, um, that's pretty much my topic. You know, I don't know if you guys want to talk. I can't think of five anything else to complain about. No, I'm not either. Um, Ryan, you're, you're kind of an Apple guy. Are you excited? You kind of like this? I don't see myself buying anything that coming out of this. Maybe an Apple TV in like a year from now when uh-huh. they ever announce what their TV, actual TV plan is. Yeah, yeah. I don't but think there's probably nothing out of this conference that they announce that I'll end up getting. I think that if Apple does get to the point where they start offering TV shows a la carte or doing a cable competitor kind of deal, they will be either priced similarly to PlayStation View or will just be putting PlayStation View on the Apple TV with their own branding or taking an extra cut out of it. Yep. Because, like... It's so weird that Sony is the one that has like made all the deals with these content providers. Now they are missing Disney, I think, right? Yep. Let me see. Or, yeah, Disney Incorporated. Yeah, they're missing Disney, but like they and have all that that entails. Right, but they have pretty much everything except for Disney, and a lot of that stuff. Sony owns themselves because they own their own TV studios and whatnot. Yep. And I don't know if they'll necessarily play nice with Apple unless Apple, you know, is similarly priced and whatever, you know, put in a similar competitive space as their own service. More than likely. I don't know. However, I feel like at the same time, it's entirely possible that they may just be willing to take a cut out of Apple's pie. You know, and say we will give you access to our studios for X amount of dollars. It wouldn't. Nec- it would definitely probably be bad for their own brand. But at the same time, if their own brand isn't succeeding very well, because I haven't heard anything about how Vue's doing recently, to, to be honest. So if that's if well, that's going to be an issue, then it's they still might... only in testing in like New York and oh yeah, yeah it's in like right. three. Yeah. It's only in like three cities. That's why you know that, so. that, that explains it. Yeah, I don't know. That's just thought. But with every PlayStation firmware update, it gets like further or closer and closer to the front. Well, you know what else gets closer and closer to the front, Thomas? What? Service Pro 4. Yeah, well, you're getting really close to Service Pro 4. So, <laughs> October, I, so close. I will take, well, will mm. I take over next? Mm. Mm. 
All right. I don't care. That's all I got. Look out for Apple. It's kind of weird. So, I, I feel, I hear all your lukewarmness, Taylor, about this new I, Apple phone iOS announcement. Yep. And my topic is partially, when are you going to switch to Android? Oh, yeah? And partially, I bought a Moto X style. And all I've been doing video games related is looking at the Metal Gear wiki, watching Metal Gear videos, and playing Metal Gear. So I have no other topic to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll just we'll keep doing the tech train. I, you know what, I, we can continue this a little bit. I alluded a little bit to the fact that I'm in this weird spot in terms of tech right now where I've, I mean, I have my iPad right here that I've been mm-hmm. using for a while now, and it's now, what, three generations behind, I guess? Garbage. It's garbage. It needs to get rid of it. So, but I also have uh, the MacBook that I've had for a while back at home, and then I have my PC desktop, and so I'm at this point that I kind of need to commit to an ecosystem, is what I've kind of gathered. <laughs> and... By such, there isn't exactly an Android tablet, or, or excuse me, an Android laptop. So it's come down to the fact that I thought, okay, well, what if I get a Surface Pro 4, and I got on my, I got a Windows phone, because at the time those were still going to be a thing, and then with when, when Windows 10 comes out, I'm going to have all this great continuum stuff, it's going to be great, you know, it's going to be, I can, I can basically take what I've got here and just plant it over there. And then I realized that Verizon hasn't had a decent Windows phone that's not, like, already a year old available for like five years now Windows Phone was also killed off and then the Surface Pro 4 has been waiting for a while so I've been trying to think in terms of like when like do I want to get an Android phone instead you know is that gonna is that really gonna matter to me well aren't they going sense? to announce the two new flagship Windows phones when they announce Surface Pro they 4 they are supposedly but my my gut is telling me that Verizon is not gonna pick them up they yeah. the last one and the most recent one that's on their site you can get is the HTC HTC One MX, right? Which also was pretty much the last Windows Phone to come out. Pretty much, but, but it was. It's also now. Well, it's not the last one because they're still they have they've carried no of none of the Lumias, literally none. Yeah, I think Lumia is Lumia's dead. Somewhat exclusive to AT and T. Which is oh is it is that the case that explains yeah. a lot? But in any but in any case, like I don't know exactly where I want to go from from where I'm at right now because if I get the Surface Pro Four, it's like a laptop replacement. So then, am I really going to use the MacBook? Should I sell the MacBook? Should I do that to kind of make my own fun for it? Should I you know? And even if I do, am I really going to use all of it? I realize it's a full computer and I can do whatever I want. I could just play Steam games and be happy. But at the same time. There's certain things that I'm accustomed to doing now on a tablet that a full PC doesn't do because it's just like as simple as I mean right now it's playing Hearthstone which the PC can do that's easy PC. You can play Hearthstone, but there's no a few you know there've been a few games that I played that are tablet specific. I don't know. It just I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that I'm going to go from such a limited OS to like anything. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to right. figure out like all right, what how's that going to work? Am I literally going to be sitting there on a on a PC desktop or is there just like can can I bring Metro up? Can I have yeah. it so I can just poke it? Well yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Metro and everything in Windows 10 and it has crossy roads, so you know. Yeah, so that's cool. There's that. Um but I think I'm more interested in your phone life. And Verizon's game is pretty much we will carry the iPhone, the flagship Samsung phone, the flagship LG phone, and that's pretty much it. 
as far yeah. as phones, I like think, good phones. Go. I think the Motos are Verizon capable. I think I'd have to double check, but I thought the Moto X at least. Yeah, last yeah, year. the style is. Yeah, the okay, the style is. I've always, I was actually having this conversation with one of my family, like one of my relatives, just this weekend, and it's it kind of boiled down to like. One, it's obviously always just going to be personal preference. Like, sometimes you just like one phone over the other. And that there's nothing that's going to change that, whether it's between two Android phones or between Android and iOS. And Android phones can do so much more, and they have much more power behind them, particularly around, you know, the de- development community where you can do flashing and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, there's only, like, three things that I use my phone for. Games, web, and texting. And, like, phone things. Phone calls and texting, obviously. And as great as Android is at doing everything else, part of me... Like, the reason... The statement and the reason, like... the iOS is meant for people who don't like complicated decisions. Like, that can be taken both the ways of, oh, great, that means I don't have to worry about anything and it's super simple. But that's also because it's kind of idiot-proof, Right? It's the OS that no one has to worry about because it just does what it does. You have three things you can do on here, and that's pretty much it kind of a situation, right? So for me, it's always been like, yeah, I could get the Android phone, and I could do so much more, but am I really going to do it all the time? Kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, I could root it. I could do all this stuff to it. I could get an emulator on there. I could have all the other things. It's like, that's only going to last for four months, and then it's just going to be the phone that I browse, call, and message on. So... Recently, Lollipop has been looking pretty good. So my last couple flavors I wasn't a big fan of, which is pretty much why I went and just got a new iPhone. But Lollipop's been looking pretty good, so maybe once I play around with it, I'll be surprised. And Marshmallow. I mean, you're really not looking at Lollipop at this point. Oh, Lollipop right, Marshmallow is the, the new one. Yeah, no, yeah, Marshmallow's the new one. Excuse you're going to be looking at some Marshmallow I now. I forgot about that. Like, I don't use my phone for that much stuff either like i use it to text make phone calls and look at news articles yeah. mostly like i'll play some games on it but i usually don't because mine's a little old and i can't play hearthstone on it if i could i'm so excited to get a 5.7 inch screen so i can just play hearthstone on my phone forever hearthstone, <laughs> hearthstone actually works pretty good on this phone i was really surprised and yeah. it turns out you get a free pack for playing on a phone I already got that. I didn't know that was a thing. Like I played one, I played a game, and it's like here's a free pack. Thanks. I was like, uh oh, okay, oh, thank you. Like, nice. okay. Ryan exclusively plays on his phone. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> it works pretty good, actually. Yeah. I was surprised at how nice. Like, well, in terms of like the fact that it's so squished, uh-huh. you know, like it's such a smaller yeah. dude, but but um, it works pretty well. Like I think, especially for like your maps thing. Like, oh, yeah. In Android, all maps are links. You can hold on it to copy the text, or if you just tap on it, it everywhere, just opens it automatically the, opens yeah. Google Maps and says, where do you, like, do you want to start navigation, or I, yeah, do you I suppose look if you, like, area? boil it down, every single one of those scenarios that I've talked about is because I want to open the Google variant and not the Apple variant. Like, if it's a Maps thing, it's because I want to open it in Google Maps and not open it in Apple Maps. And the default is always Apple Maps, you know what I mean? Right. So arguably, you could say half of my problems would be solved just by going to an Android phone. <laughs> by just going to Google. And but just cutting out the middle name. What's also, like, super great, like, the best thing is Google Now. Like, Google Now is my... 
my favorite thing. I, yeah, it, it's so stupid because I, I basically, the last Android phone I had was the one where they were, like, in Google Now became a thing. Like, I had Google Now for about three months, and then I got my iPhone 5. Uh-huh. So I haven't even, I have no idea the world of possibilities that there might be, you know. It's great. Like, I think I've told this, I think you guys were probably there when I did this. One time, like, we were at a party. Oh, no. Yeah, I called were... the P- I called Adriatico's, the best pizza place in the world, and said, yo, I want to do a carry-out pizza Pepperoni for sausage. whatever. And they're like, 30 minutes. And 25 minutes later, my phone beeped. I was like, what? Do I have a text? So I like looked at my phone and it said, no, you ordered a you pizza 25 this. minutes ago. You should probably go pick it up. And I was like, what? Cool. How do you know this? That's How so did you even creepy. know that I'm calling a pizza place? That's almost as creepy as the time you were talking. You, you were like sitting at the brass tap, and then you looked at Google Now. And it's like, don't forget to leave from your house tomorrow at 9 p.m. so you can make it to the Red Stadium. And you're just like, what? You didn't even know I bought tickets. Like, there's nothing here. Yeah, like I hadn't. I didn't have a something in my calendar. Do you have, or like, this do, or you that. have do you have Do you have Google Wallet? Like, is your credit card? No, I don't something? have Google Wallet. Or I'm just trying to think. Like, he if you didn't make these even. Purchases. He paid. He didn't pay for the tickets. I bought the tickets. They were right. Oh, like, yeah, all we so had done was it. all we had done is face like oh, send two God. Facebook messages about it. It's literally getting to the point that Google knows what you're going to do before you do. You can practically <laughs> Google search what am I doing today, and it's like here's your here's what you're going to do. And what's great during sports ball season is Google. Like I'm sure Apple does this too, but Google always gives me Bengals and Reds updates. It's like this is what happened Apple, in the game Apple last doesn't. night. Oh, like I didn't even. I don't even care. It's just like, you live by the... Like, it gave me a Bengals thing once, and it was like, hey, we know you live by a football stadium. Are you interested in this? And I said, yes. And then now, every time the Bengals play a game, the next morning, it's like, this is what happened. You lost. You can tell all your coworkers the other team sucks. You can download... See, that's the stupidest thing about all of other it. apps yeah. and, like, have and, them send you notifications, like ESPN. Uh-huh. So, like, I can receive notifications for the Bengals and be like... Give me an update if the Bengals are playing every time there's like a score and like it'll pop up like Bengals seven zero and now Bengals well, yeah, seven and then seven, now you can add like uh, widgets to the notification center if they do that and they can keep you updated through that so you don't even have to get the notifications but it's it's still but very like, much so like you have oh, to yeah. do so many I for real this is the last thing I'll I'll say about it iOS has gotten so like. It's so in the pursuit of being yeah. easy for stupid people, it has gotten so overly complicated in that, like, you have to download this and then set this and then do this for, like, all these things that Android just does automatically. And that's been a big conversation with at least a lot of the guys that I know, you know, that I used to develop with and all that kind of stuff. It's been a big conversation in the dev scene right now because it's not only are the, have the betas as of late been even less stable than normal, it's getting to the point that you have all of these settings that you have to go through just to make the phone what you want. It's like back in the day, the whole pull of iOS was supposed to be you pick up the phone and it just works. It no longer just works. There's now apps I have to download. There's things I have to keep track of. I have to make sure I have enough room on my phone because there's no micro SD slot and I have to make sure I have iCloud. In the search of being like perfectly customizable, (coughs) it's put so many things behind walls. It has. Yep. Just saying, T Dog, jump off Verizon. I got a Project Fi invite for you. Get a Google Nexus 5. So that way I can have a Moto X style and you can have a Nexus 5. And then we can just swap them back and forth and have the best of both worlds. We can. It's an Android phone, so we can just like swap SIM cards every other week and be like, whatever. Now I have a different phone. Yeah, who cares? 
<laughs> and then we can just use Google Voice, and no one even knows it happened. Yeah. All right, that was all we got for type. What are you doing, talking about, Ryan? Yeah, like, we're good now. Fucking Destiny. Uh, Destiny a little bit, <laughs> but but my topic's broader in the sense Tampa. of. Uh, the main thing is talking about like gaming communities and so there was like two different things that like kind of brought this up okay one of them was the thing that like taylor you've talked about a couple times or we've talked about a couple times was the uh heroes of the storm patch or whatever you want to call it that they did but they implemented this new restrictive system of banning toxic players. Oh, yeah, the abusive player policy. Abusive stuff. player policy and stuff yeah. like that. But then I saw a different article and it was a guy talking about how he's still... Why he's still obsessed with Destiny like a year into it. And so I was like just reading through it and like one very brief thing that he talked about was like the first time that he joined in a raid because he played typically by himself. He's like, the first time I joined in with a raid group like, everybody was so nice and so helpful that, like, it was really cool to do it. And he still doesn't play that much multiplayer. But he mm-hmm. says when he does, he's, like, not scared of trying to find random people. And that was something interesting that I had never really, like, thought about. But when I did think about it this afternoon, I thought it was kind of interesting in that, like, Destiny really does have this, like, community of, like, it's this memories. casual player base... <laughs> But at the same time, like, everybody is there to help each other for yeah. the most part. And that, like, while it seems like there's all these people have griped a long time about, like, these posts of saying, like, don't join my group unless you have Galahorn. But, uh-huh. like, I've never joined an actual fire team and, like, had people, like, bitching at each other or, like, yelling at each other or people, like, rage quitting. Like... Mm-hmm. And I've been playing consistently hardcore for a year. And, like, my friends... I mean, all my friends stopped playing after six months. Uh-huh. So, for the last six months, I've pretty much been lone wolfing everything that I can lone wolf. And finding randoms for everything that I needed to find randoms for. Mm-hmm. And... That's the wrong The only thing I can say has been implemented in that's added a touch of that, or a touch of toxicity is Trials of Osiris, which is by far the most competitive aspect aspect of... Because Destiny, original PvP, you couldn't even talk with your fire team or with people in your team unless you were joined up with those specific people. So if you got placed on a team and like I just went into PvP by myself and got put on a team... I couldn't talk to my teammates. And that was just like... At first, right? At first. I mean, they've implemented that in now, uh-huh. which was kind of terrible in the beginning. Is like, well, how am I supposed to have any sense of teamwork if I can't even talk to my teammates? Right. But it was pretty straightforward. Um, but I think what that actually kind of did was it set this standard of non-communication... Of, like, now that you can talk to people in your fire team, I still don't hear it that much. And mm-hmm. when I do, it's people actually trying to work together. Because they, because at that point they know, okay, it doesn't work if we don't talk, we need to talk. 
Especially so, when you're doing some of the stuff that actually requires. But, like, everything else, I mean, Destiny's highly PvE-related, so, I mean, you're all working together as a team. And so, it, it just, I mean, I... For, before Destiny, pretty much the only games that I would, like, put a lot of time in was Call of Duty, unfortunately. And, I mean, towards the end of Call of Duty, I I even started to get burned out of how bad the community was getting. Like... It really, it really is just... I years. tried to be that guy for a long time of saying, like, it isn't just 13-year-olds cussing obscenities and saying your mom jokes... But, it kind of but like, towards the end, it did get close to being that point where I, like, was agreeing and just saying, like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's just this weird... This weird... I mean, it's... I guess where I was trying to go with this and eventually get to is, like... I mean, is the gaming... Competitive gaming scene just doomed to always mm-hmm. lead to toxicity? Mm-hmm. Like... Good Destiny has this massive sense of you have to work together and the PV- and what PvP, except for Trials of Osiris, truly doesn't feel super competitive. Right. It just seems like this place where you can go to fight other people just have fun. But, and just have fun. Like, I get upset because I play badly. Like, no, just because no. I play badly. Right, but like, not because your team is super shitty. Not because my team's super shitty, or like, and I can't, I can't rage at other people. And like, and Call of Duty after a game goes, everybody gets put into a lobby, and like where everybody's there and you can talk to them. And Destiny, it sends you out to space, and you still search for them, but you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's something too that I think really helps Destiny separate itself from the Call of Duty. Rage, and that, like, after a game's over, if I just shit on the other team, I can't say anything to them to be like, I just absolutely pooped on you! Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be um, something like when you limit the amount of times or the amount of time you get to interact with other players... Maybe it makes those interactions more meaningful to people, mm-hmm. and you're less likely to be a douchebag because you're like, all right, this is the only <coughs> time I'm going to get to talk to people today on this game. Like, not that it really matters to you, but, like, subconsciously mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to be a dick. I want to have, like, right. a, a good, like, yeah. I want to, like, be a good person for this three minutes that I get to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And then the, maybe that kind of, like, snowballs. snowballs out to the rest of the community because, like, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, which Very similar. are... Games that heavily focus on PvE and heavily focus on cooperative play have, like, really nice people, but also, who knows if they're really nice, because Dark Souls doesn't have voice chat, actually. Dark Souls 2 has a way to do voice chat, but, like, you have to have you a have special to know item, and, like, no, no, if you have a special item, you can listen to invaders. Only oh. invaders. It's, like, super weird, but... Like, there's no, there's no, like, voice chat or text chat. Everything's done through emotes, and I've never had, like, a time where I summoned somebody or someone summoned me where I didn't feel like, oh, like, everybody's super chill. Like, if you can't talk, you're going to assume that the other person is, like, 
being nice to you for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, like, limiting the amount of, like, literal talking interactions you can have with other players might lead people to uh, assume that the other guy is working in your favor or, like, doing their best or, like, this yeah. or that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it it's probably deliberate by Bungie to do this kind of stuff and to limit this and, you know, a way to, to keep toxicity out of the game. But I think especially because Destiny is so cooperative-based, because, like you said, the main game is PvE, I think that really helps people because... You know, like, you're working against the AI. Like, it's always an us versus them, them being the AI, yeah. mm-hmm. not, like, other people for the most part. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, you know, maybe that helps out. I think, I, I really agree with both both of this, your guys' sentiments in the sense of that, like, I mean, look at Hearthstone. There's never going to be a moment where there are bad manners in a game, right? Because There well, definitely are. <laughs> okay. 100%. I have met some douchebags in Hearthstone that yeah. will keep you alive at like two HP. You have no cards, and you're like playing every now, card you have. Now, now, I let me finish. I used to not be conceder, and I've started to become a conceder. Of yeah. like, you know, the second over. I know, like, it's over. It's conceding because I used to be the guy. Like when people concede, I'd be like, I'm just trying to get my daily quests done. Like. That 10 extra damage that, like, I was able to do to you right there before you conceded, like, would have finished my daily. Now I had to uh-huh. play a whole extra match because you did that. And so I used to sit in matches and be like, I'll let them kill all my minions and then lethal me. I don't care if they have the kill minions thing, if they have the, like, do damage to heroes. Uh-huh. But, like, I <laughs> ran into too many people that'll, like, just screw around with you. Then now the second I... Like, today I got into one where he had five on the board. He didn't have lethal that turn. He would have had lethal the next turn. And I had an empty hand. And I'm just like, no card that I draw can turn this around. Yeah. I'm, like, conceit. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, to finish that statement, like, I particularly hear the term BM, or bad manners, basically... In StarCraft. That was the first time that I really came across it. And it's where you basically have the people who will toy with toy with the opponent and they know they've won or they'll do things that are just like you're, you're just messing around and you really give a crap about the game you're being a dick. Hearthstone in terms of player interaction, there will never be a problem, right? Because all you have are the emotes. Might, they might get annoying or whatever, but you're never going to have that problem where there's a 12-year-old on the other side screaming obscenities at you. Right okay. now, there are going to be as you know, as we see, people who can toy with their food and people that can possibly. I've heard of actually one bit where, like, where um, you know how, like, for instance, if you hit a patron where when they start getting their stuff going, the animations take forever. I've heard instances of times where people have played cards right as the rope ran out on their own turn, and instead of the rope waiting to you know for everything to finish and then go to the next turn. The animation looked like everything was fine, but by the time the next player's turn started, the rope was already going across the screen. So, like, they drew a card, and it was, like, halfway over already. And so they just had to, like, try and do things. So, I'm saying there will be cases of people who will always bend the rules a bit. And Well, yeah, you can't get things. rid of toxicity. You, you cannot. And I think the biggest reason for it is competitiveness. If it was a completely casual game, the worst you're ever going to have are trolls, right? 
If there was no real competitive scene behind a game, in my opinion, the worst you'd ever have to deal with are the people being bad manners about keeping you alive or the people just kind of trolling you for the fun of it. Because no one's really going to get that hyped up over the game if it was completely casual. Like if, mm-hmm. like Second Life, for instance. It's a, it's a game whose entire point is just having an avatar and basically doing sims. You I know, mean, there's going to be griefers, there's going to be people being dicks about it, but that's about as bad as it's going to get, right? You're not going to get the guy who's, like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to explain it. What I'm trying to get to the point is, the competitive scene of a game, in my opinion, amplifies and focuses toxicity. Like, once you add that component where it's a very focused moment, like Trials of Osiris, like, how that's kind of become a big talk, like, a big point right now, I would say, and it is, like, it's a big focused area of somewhat toxic players, because you might get paired with two other dudes, and if they don't... you don't get paired with anybody, you try to find random people. But so you find those random people, and basically they might think they're the big shot of the team, and then they get in there, and they're just like, it's lag, it's lag, you guys are crappy, what's going on, I don't understand why you guys are so bad, you know, for the next 15 minutes, and then at the end of it, you just quit, and you're like, I don't care anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. What, what I'm just trying to focus on isn't necessarily that you're not going to see those other people. It's that they are going to be much less prevalent in a game that doesn't have that kind of component versus a game who has a very competitive scene. You mm-hmm. know? Like, the second Heroes of the... Like, like I was saying earlier, I just find it interesting that Blizzard is finally finding time to go around and say, here's our abusive player policy. The game's been in alpha and beta and out for, like, three years now. Maybe not that long, but it's been out for a long time. If they wanted this policy, as as the makers of StarCraft, they know about these problems. They didn't have to think about it just now. And I just find it interesting uh-huh. that as it's gained all of this competitive motion, and as it's gotten more and more in the spotlight, they are now adding these rules. And I don't think that's just a coincidence. I think that's cause and effect. Mm. Yeah. I'll buy it. That's where I wanted to go. I would agree, and I mean, I would say the only true times that I've gotten on teams where people have, like, raged at me or raged at teammates was in trials. Yeah. Maybe one or two times during a raid I've had people get up pissed off at other people that were screwing around or just really <laughs> terrible or something. But that also but, usually uh, tended to be, like, the four-hour mark of a failed, yeah. like... Yeah, that one guy who just who's like at the last moment, he's like, "We fell out this twelve times. I'm just gonna run down there and see what happens." And he doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah then people are gonna be ticked at him and like, "Why are you wasting our time?" Yeah, so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting when I was thinking about it today that communities are often dictated. I don't know what put it to like finally put it together in my mind that like the more quote unquote competitive the game is, like the seems like the more toxic the player base is. Which is kind of weird because, I mean, Call of Duty has separate areas for, like, truly competitive gameplay. Yeah, and I mean, then, so does like, Destiny. Like, non-competitive gameplay. Yeah. But, like, the competitive gameplay and the non-competitive gameplay are the exact same... Toxicity. Like, toxicity level-wise. <laughs> I mean, you'd think it's, it wouldn't be. It's weird. I mean... And also, you've also got an accumulated audience, and probably a lot of yep. the 12-year-olds that are playing in non-competitive don't really know that they're not playing in competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they might see MLG and think every Call of Duty match is the most important Call of Duty match of their life, because, you know, like, they're 12. Yeah. So... It probably is. Like, this, this match <laughs> means the whole world to them, and... 
you didn't get the noob tube, so we're going to... I don't know. That's right. No, I, yeah, we get it. Yeah, I think that's... that's but Destiny has the best community, so everybody should come back and play it. Especially now that 2.0 is out, because it's really, like, changed... I don't know, I finally downloaded it The game looks today. good. I, yeah. I went in it. The, the, it's, it's weird just looking at things and just being like, how does this just look better? I, think, I don't know, it's I, weird. You know, I was thinking about that earlier, actually, too. I wonder if... I was thinking about would it, which would you prefer, right, in terms of like doing a beta or doing an alpha of a game? Would you prefer to not see the whole game? Like, like think of like early access and all that stuff. When you do that, you pretty much get, you know, you get in there and you're done. Like, this is what the game is going to look like until they decide to either fix it or change it, right? Mm-hmm. So, there have been games, however, like for instance, like the Call of Duty betas, in the past at least, that were fairly stripped down. Like, they did not necessarily look to, look like that when they launched. They, these things were still very much so in flux. And so, when you get the game finally on launch day, you're like, oh, this looks so much cooler, I can't wait to do the rest of the stuff. Like, it looks like some brand new shiny car, right? Versus, uh-huh. I feel like when I played the Destiny beta, and they basically just said, alright, play the whole game, we're just going to stop you at this point. Like, and then I got it, and then it was time to do it again, and I was just like... Here we go, you know? It wasn't exactly exciting. And now that... I feel uh-huh. like now that 2.0 is out, it's like, it's that moment of it's a shiny new car. Mm-hmm. You know? I, it's like, I, I agree. I think... I don't know what it is, but I just... Like, just looking at the menus, I was like, this looks so good. <laughs> well, new is always good. Yeah. And well, also, like, this touches on something that I don't think we should necessarily linger on for a while, but, mm-hmm. like, the use of beta... For what's really a... A stress test? Yeah, a lot of times they're not really betas. Like, in the real sense, a beta is is the game in its most complete form to date for testing. For, like, people to go through and, like, find bugs and find balances and this and that. Like, Mm -hmm. there was a time when beta testing was not done at, like, this massive scale that everybody gets to play the game six months early... And, like, I ran into this, like, a few years ago when games that were on Steam and PC games would be in beta forever before they get released. So I would basically, like, play these games and I would get my fill. Like, I would play for four months during the beta and be like, alright, this is great. And then they would launch and be like, we launched! We made some minor minor tweaks to know, you know, we had to fix these things. I'm like, alright, that's great, you really need to fix that, but I'm done. Like, I already got my play. Yeah, I totally get that. And, like... that's why I've almost completely stopped doing betas. I, I that's and anything like that. Like yeah. I want. There are some games like A Hat in Time is like this new Banjo Kazooie platformer that I'm super hyped for. And there's alphas and betas, and I watch little videos of it all the time. And like I really want to play it, but I want to save it until like the game is finished. Like people get too excited with like having things now, and like I was I was there. I was like I want my game. No, I want to play it now. But, like, then you see all the flaws, and by the time the game comes out and they fix those flaws, you're still, like, you're still you're burnt yeah, you're by done. those flaws. And you're like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I've already done all that. Don't make me do it again. Mm-hmm. So, like, like I... Do you, well, do you, think, do you think that paring down the beta... Like, because I doubt. I think the betas should be for less people. I think betas should... Should be actually closed to, betas. Yeah, like to a closed beta of a small group of people. If you want to have a demo, 
just call it a demo and make it a very set, like a vertical slice. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Drop me in with X amount of gear. Say, here you go. Check it out. Because like that's what games like you'd get a demo and it would drop you in a mission like halfway through the game. You'd have all of a sudden be like, I don't know what any of this is. But like you would play and you'd play. I would play the demos like four, five, ten times, and then you like and understand just, it. And yeah. You're like, this is really cool. Like I, my appetite has been whetted. <laughs> I want to play more. And then you're super hyped when the game comes out. But with this new beta model of like, let's release the game six months early and let people stress test stress it. test it. Like by the time the game comes out, you're like, I'm okay. sure there. It's not just us who are just burnt out. And like I don't want to play this anymore. And then we're and then there goes your player base. That's you know that was pretty much what I was thinking. Like if everyone has that problem. Whether they bought the game or not, you know, they may not... Maybe that's why they don't care, because people pre-order it, and then, like, that's what gets you in the beta, and then that's what you get finished with anyway. I don't know. But it's yeah. like, it feels like maybe that's also the reason some of these games have super small player bases, is because that beta happens, and then they're kind of done. That could be it. I don't know. Most of the games that I was talking about were, like, you did not pay to be in the beta. No, yeah, I mean, that's... that's I mean, but anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Do yeah. one. Um, I don't know, I kind of have to default to Ryan, because we were so techie, and it wasn't really like... It was like this is not a video game podcast, we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> I am going to not default and vote for Taylor, because I think this, this um, announcement, where they announced... What, like 700 new things? Yeah. A new iPad, a new iPhone, and a new Apple TV, all which were supposed to be big deals. And an update to watch. And an update to watch, which are all underwhelming, is further underscoring where Apple is headed long term. And where they've been headed ever since you know who was out of the picture. You can say his name. His name's Steve You'll Josh. Find you. I'm just kidding. I don't yeah, Steve think. Duck. Now, here's what's like. Um, I'm voting Taylor because he actually had a topic. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Rest in peace, Steve Jobs. I think this would have happened. I, mean, I can't vote for myself. Whether or not he left, I think so too. Probably because he's too much of a perfectionist. Like he would have seen all these products, and he would have spent so much time doing the small iterations and making it perfect that even when it hit this point, it'd probably be in the exact same state. Well, I'd, 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 I'm, I'm going to hit stop before I start ranting about Steve Jobs because we'll, we'll be on here for another 30 minutes. Adios. Adios.